0: i mean like what's interesting is you hop in a car and if it's 10 miles it's 10 minutes and in nashville when i'm in town doing anything you know 10 10 miles is like (laughs) you just don't even know you buckle up yeah (laughs) bring a movie to watch like (laughs) hope talk a pcm podcast
1: So we're talking right now on the Hope Talk podcast with Michael Cochran of Cochran & Company. And uh, you know the song Church, you know the song One Day, and now the brand new song Grave, which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. What's the biggest thing that's ever happened in Montgomery, Indiana, or maybe the biggest thing recently that's happened in Montgomery, Indiana?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, It's sad that I got to think about it so hard. I don't know. Um, there's not a lot that happens here. It's pretty slow. <laughs> it's pretty slow. How, I would say one thing is they put they put, a new, they put new buggy lanes on the side of one of the roads for the Amish uh, oh. buggies to, to easily go from one area to the other. That's probably the newest thing that we've got going on here.
1: Now, on a day-to-day basis in Montgomery, Indiana, how often do you see the Amish? Every day. Really?
0: Oh, yeah every day.
1: Now, is there a Amish restaurant there in town?
0: Yeah, there's several in our area, uh, and they're all real oh, good, and real dangerous, <laughs>
1: <laughs> freshest food you're ever going to find anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. What was it like growing up in that little Southern Indiana town?
0: Well, I grew up about 30 minutes south, and real similar small town country. Um, just I, the best way I know how to describe it is a lot of space a lot of space to kind of be who you want to be. Uh, Not a lot of people bother you for stuff like that, you know, but you just, I mean, like what's interesting is you hop in a car and if it's 10 miles, it's 10 minutes. And in Nashville, when I'm in town doing anything, you know, 10, 10 miles is like, (laughs) you just don't even know. You buckle up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bring a movie to watch. Like, (laughs) did you have siblings growing up?
0: Yeah. I had an older brother. uh have, have an older brother. And then uh, when my dad remarried, I had two stepsisters when I was in high school.
1: Okay. Did you get along with them, spend much time with them?
0: Yeah. Me and my brother, uh, we got along real well when we were kids. And then we entered into like the who's going to be the man of the house domain. <laughs> and we fought horribly. And my dad made us watch this movie called A River Runs Through It, which is still my favorite movie to this day. It's about a couple of brothers. Uh, and... The point is, one of the brothers, spoiler alert, one of the brothers like passes. And so my dad was like, see, all you have is each other. And we didn't fight for like a week. (laughs) A week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What would you mostly fight about with your brother?
0: Uh, Territory, I would say. Or Uh, just like control. I was also, uh, the Lord has sanctified me over the years. But I was a bit of an instigator, you might say, (laughs) as the younger brother. So I just knew what looks to give him. Behind my parents' back, like I would just give him a look, and he would lose it, and he would get in trouble. <laughs> and I would play that to my advantage pretty regularly. So Did I'd you, like to think that I changed. My wife may not agree, but I like to think that I
1: changed. Yeah, of course. Who, who had the size benefit there between you and your brother, mostly?
0: Me. Most of our childhood, uh, I was always just a bigger kid. But yeah. then uh, I I got a little better shape when I was uh, a junior, and then he had went to college and put on the freshman fifteen, you know. And then he came back home, and he was bigger. <clears throat> but he was still always stronger for whatever reason i think it was psychological it was like <laughs> you can't ever beat up your big brother i guess maybe i don't know
1: maybe how old were you when suddenly you got two new stepsisters uh
0: i was probably like 15
1: and 14 what was, what was that like coming from it's almost pseudo brady bunch two brothers yeah. and then also here comes two sisters what was that like
0: uh it was it was different, like that we didn't live with them. Okay. Um, we lived with our mom and stuff, but they were really young at the time. They were like probably five, and so it's been neat now, you know they're they've just graduated recently college and starting uh their lives. you know, uh, my oldest stepsister she is she's probably like twenty one twenty two and she's about to get married, and so it's just been neat to to have that in our lives the past. 10 however many years it's been now
1: so. oh that's awesome that's awesome what what's your what would you say is one of your fondest memories of growing up you think of a favorite uh, one, family memory maybe
0: yeah i would say front porches yeah. uh we lived in the country and we had a front porch and it was like andy griffith style i mean i remember we would have dinner we would go out on the front porch and sit in the evenings watch the sunset my dad would play a little guitar we would just sit there and and we would like look at the spiders building their webs in the corner of the of the posts and, and it was just relaxing. And it was like everything I love about Indiana and my wife and I now sit on our front porch all the time when we're home. And I
1: was going to say, do you relive that? Do you try to relive that moment? Yeah.
0: Yeah. All the time. I, I, was, I love front porches.
1: One of the, one of the previous, uh, um, artist that we talked to was gary lavox from uh uh, rascal flats used to be gary uh, oh yeah and his song mayberry i told him was my favorite song of all time that they sang and uh oh yeah that same mentality for sure so i recently checked out your facebook page in your profile but your current profile pic are you trying to channel zach williams here or something or what's up with that
0: (laughs) i mean he's not a bad person to channel i guess (laughs) uh so i've been growing my hair out a little bit and i don't know what's going to happen with it it's it's just really curly and if i don't do anything it just is <laughs> so i had a friend give me a, that hat and i've been wearing it here and there and we were taking pictures uh i don't even remember why we were playing this show in the middle of nowhere pennsylvania and i was still in that church pew and the guy was like hey let's have cool pictures here and i sent them because we just it's been a while since we've done a photo shoot so the label's like anytime you get cool pictures you like, send them to us and we'll see what we can do with them. I sent it out and they're like, Oh, we love that. We'll use it. And I was like, Oh, all right, there
1: we go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So the hat, did you steal it from, I mean, was it given to you by need to breathe or stars go dim? Which <laughs> one two? Or maybe it was one of the, I am they guys.
0: Oddly enough, it was Kyle Williams from, we are messengers. We uh, were on hits deep together and, uh, he had all these, I mean, he's got like, he's a hat guy and he had all these hats on the locker room wall. And I was like, man, I have wanted one of those hats forever. I just can't pull it off. He's like, Oh, you can pull it off. And I was like, no, nah, I just don't, that's not for me. And he was like, you need to wear that tonight. So they talked me into it, <laughs> peer, peer, peer pressure. And I wore it out there and I was like, okay, there's something about this hat. There's something. And he gave it to me that night. And so I've just been Weird. I'll tag him in my Instagram story sometimes. I'm like, "This look sponsored by Kyle Williams." We are messed.
1: <laughs> what am- What amazes me is is a darn friend of ours, and he was talking about how their band is so they don't worry, they don't care, they don't put much thought into what they're going to wear every night when they're on tour and that type of thing. But what I'm hearing here, Kyle Williams here, may be a little. If he's got a whole wall of hats, he may spend a lot of time choosing what he really wears on stage.
0: Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of effort to look like you don't care (laughs) 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 to look good to look good looking like you don't care you know
1: (laughs) oh yeah well man on your facebook page i also saw um the video on the song good times good friends making good memories that song there oh my goodness that's like that's like down home every family needs to be given that video at the start of summer
0: oh man thank you so much that was a blast to do we we, uh, Brad Moist at the label, he was like, man, I just love this song. I, I want to do a video for it. And I was like, I want to do a video for it, too. And he was like, I had this idea of this pool party, get together up in Indiana, just you and all your friends. So that's what we did. We everyone there I knew really well. They were all close friends and family and my brother and his and his uh, kid are in it. And, and it's just we just had a good time and we. Happened to capture it really well on camera, and uh, it's my favorite video that we've done so far.
1: So those were Michael Cochran nephews and nieces that were running around there?
0: A lot. Yeah, one of them was my nie- uh, nephew and then just, like, people from our small group at church and yeah. friends from church in our area. And it was just, yeah. It, and it, it, you can't recreate that with, like, extras, you know. It right. was just everything was real, like the hugs, the smiles, the laughs. It was just happening naturally. And, and you, I think when you watch it, you just feel like you're there. You yeah. feel like you're at the party.
1: For sure. Did the person that owns the pool know you all were coming or do they know uh, (laughs) before the video came out?
0: Yes. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And I was like, hey, can we shoot this video at your house? And he was a little hesitant, but I mean, he was, he was so great. He wanted to do it. And we had, and I, you know, that shot of, of him flipping the burger. Yeah. When he's grilling. Yeah. I mean, we're probably going to sell that to uh, a grill company. Pit boss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's in
1: my notes here to ask you because I am a griller and a smoker and I have a pit boss on my back deck right there. So I was going to ask you if you're getting any kind of endorsement deal from pit boss there.
0: (laughs) I wish that would be awesome. Uh, but no, and I, I kind of was, you know, when you shoot videos, you're always like, Oh, we're going to have any licensing problems with anything and we've not heard anything yet. So I'm hoping that they just think it's cool and, you know, just
1: go with it. So for sure, tell them all buy some more seasonings or something from it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a, a Pontiac Firebird.
0: Endorsement.
1: <laughs> the car in the she video was, too. Yeah. Hey, she also
0: listening to this
1: and all. <laughs> back to the video there too. How many shots? Because I've played with you. How many shots did it actually take for you to sink that cornhole on that shot? Because I know I've played with you. I, I know that. that's not the first shot. <laughs>
0: We talked about that that day and how bad I am. And that was only the second shot. The no. first shot, Yeah, the first shot, I completely missed the board, which is more than character <laughs> for me. And the second shot, it just goes right in. And I turned, and I was like, oh, was like, did you get that? he's like, I did. I was like, that has to go in the video.
1: Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. But as soon as I saw that, I thought, yeah, that's multiple takes. That had to have been yeah, multiple this, takes. This
0: might, this might be my audition tape for Toby to play on my team ever again
1: you know and and, and after last
0: time i don't think he ever will
1: (laughs) little backstory a couple years ago pre-covid we were at an event together with toby mack and uh toby is diehard corn cornhole i mean it's just almost a religion with him and uh do do you remember who won that last tournament by the way uh no ryan stevenson oh and do you know who his partner was do you remember was it you? Yes, it was. It was hey! me. And normally oh, nice. at this tournament, Toby always gives away one of his old Dove awards because he's got a thousand of them, and he forgot to bring it that weekend. So I don't have my Toby Mac cornhole Dove award yet. So oh, anyway, man. drop that bug in his ear next time you talk to him for sure. I, I
0: will. I will.
1: The only thing that I think really would have made that video uh, even c- it could it be any better. The only thing I can think of make it better is maybe if there was some Champy's chicken there somewhere.
0: Oh. Yeah, that would have been a game-changer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Have you had Champy since you and I sat down the last time?
0: I haven't, but I've told probably five different people about it when they told me they're going to Chattanooga or something. I was like, well, you got to get some chicken while you're there.
1: Stop. Stop there for sure. All right, the whole video, it's about memories and family and friends and things. The freedom of summer for kids, here in Chattanooga at least, is kind of over for them, the freedom of summer, because getting back to school and things – what were some of your most fondest summer memories, maybe, as a family?
0: Oh, uh, well, we always went to Holiday World. There was this amusement park in southeast Indiana. Uh, it yeah, used to be called Santa
1: Claus Land, Indiana. Yeah, it used to be
0: called Santa Claus Land, yeah. And it's so good, and it was always just uh, – I mean, it's much smaller than Disney and those places, and so it was just much more attainable for a family. And we always had a blast there. And I remember uh, we went there every year. We would also go watch a St. Louis Cardinals game. There you go every year uh, at bush stadium and it, it was like i don't know i mean it was kind of like going to mecca you know like you it was like your yearly pilgrimage you had to go you know um <laughs> and the other thing is we played wiffle ball nonstop in the summer in the front yard all the time so i'm so glad we got to capture that in the video because yeah. that's that's real american life for me i mean we just the neighborhood kids would come over and we played wiffle ball all the time
1: now did you play with a yellow wiffle ball bat or the big red fat bat
0: The yellow one. The thin yellow one. Yeah. It had to be a challenge.
1: Yeah. That fat bat man, you can launch that ball with that thing and everybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So when do you think summer should officially be over?
0: Um I would say
1: summer can last until
0: Christmas time. What?
1: (laughs) yeah you may be more we we may be brothers from another mother here
0: (laughs) if it's hot outside still if the weather's nice it do summer stuff you know yeah uh that's how i that's how i see it i i mean i don't have like kids or anything so my my summer doesn't really have to end until it starts to get bad weather you know
1: yeah oh yeah well speaking of back to school what was going back to school like for little michael cochran um agony really no, no no
0: it wasn't bad I was always excited I was the kid that wanted to see my friends and there was always something at school that like interested me and, and made me want to especially once I got into middle school we had choirs and we had musicals and, and band and stuff so I was always ready to jump back into that but it always felt like it came too soon like my childhood because used to in Indiana at least you would get out at Memorial Day and you wouldn't go back till after Labor Day and that was for the farming communities, I guess, and stuff. But my generation was when that stopped happening. And so it was like every year you went back a little earlier, yeah. a little earlier. And so, I mean, we were like going back second week of August before I was out of school. And so then it just felt like you didn't like you blink and summer is over. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you're in high school athletics, like you're practicing all through summer and stuff too. So it was really hard to, to do stuff. But I it always felt like it happened too soon, but I was always ready for it.
1: Yeah. Lunchbox or paper bag? Uh, I ate school lunches most of the time. So you were a buyer instead of a taker most of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would get it there. Um, it, it wasn't too bad, and until you know they start they started making the rules where they can't like fry the French fries anymore, and it was like, okay, game over.
1: Yeah, and they had to starting <laughs> making it all healthy. You know,
0: but our school, our school had these like knockoff, uh, Chick Fil A sandwiches. They called them Clucks Deluxes. Clucks Deluxes. And they were pretty close, so we ate those about every day.
1: Oh, yeah. Square pizza and corn?
0: Square pizza, corn, and then baked french fries. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: just doesn't cut it. Same thing. Not the same. So, Michael is a worship leader, um, and I guess you would say before you became a quote-unquote big-name Christian artist, you were a worship leader and still are a worship leader. What's that like these days, being a worship leader?
0: Um, It's awesome, you know, and oddly enough, this past year— just with being home more, I was able to, to be a part of my church um, more regularly through the week, uh, and we started a new Wednesday night Bible study. So it's just, I love traveling and I love seeing new faces and sharing with people that haven't heard what we have to say and what we play and stuff. But there's something about the family dynamic of being around the same people regularly every week that know you and you know them yeah. uh, and leading them in worship there's a sweetness to that. And, and I think there's also like a responsibility to, to continue to be genuine. And it's a constant heart check, you know, coming and being a part of my home church is a heart check of, am I still who I'm supposed to be, even though we're traveling and we're doing all these new experiences and it's easy to sometimes, I mean, it's good because sometimes you get ahead of yourself and you think more highly of yourself than you should in this music world. Uh, and so the local church can kind of lower you back down and, other times you get really low and you it's so easy to play the comparison game with other artists. It's like, Oh, they're just doing so much. And it's just like, I'm, I'm floundering here and I'm not, you know, whatever. And then, you know, coming home and, and leading worship at church and it's just, there's an encouragement and it's like, okay, no, we're okay. Like, because it's not about, you know, it's just a good heart check.
1: Yeah. Are there any new, um, worship trends or styles or anything in the church that are exciting you right now?
0: Um, I don't know if it's still a trend, but like it seems like the past few years, the the songs that the church is being offered um, lyrically are just so deep, you know, uh, and I think that ebbs and flows. You know, there's there's times where it's just a lot more like praise language and excitement and it's more about the music and the feel and there's a time and place for that. But I think like lately there's like some of your major power players in the worship music space are writing music that's just like has a lot of doctrine in it it has a lot of rich lyric and that excites me just with our church we just our people sing out loud when it's when it's words that you know are deep and 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 tell you something so i like anytime we get Shane and Shane just put out a new project and i had a friend that, that worked on that a lot and i just anytime the church can get a hold of resources like that i think it just makes people sing even
1: more oh yeah how did you explain the transition how did you go from worship leader at a church into this christian contemporary music world how did you do that
0: oh man i tried for years um because i've worked at this church now for nine years and really since i graduated high school and middle of college i've been trying to
1: get into the make it big yeah
0: yeah whatever you know just make you know do anything and Uh, A lot of closed doors, a lot of uh, just not the right time, whatever. And uh, after kind of another swing and a miss uh, with a producer in Nashville in 2016, I guess it was, I just I was like, okay, God, I'm I'm breaking my heart here and I got to just be content with where I am serving this church. And so that's what I did for about a year and then God was like, all right, well, that's long enough. And then he wow. opened the doors and I, I started, I met a manager, uh, met my manager at opening a show for somebody and it just swing. I mean, it's just, God just began to open the doors that I've been trying to open for forever. Yeah. And that's the only way I know how to explain it is like, cause I have people that ask me now at concerts, like, Hey, would you have any advice for like, Honestly, it's different for everybody. I would say, just, just be faithful where you are because that's something that you won't regret. And, and opportunities may come, they may not come, whatever, but, um, you know, I don't know how it happened for me other than just God, it was his timing and he had to do it because I tried and failed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So is it big five or big six? What anniversary have you just celebrated or getting ready to celebrate?
0: Uh, six. It's a six. Six. I'm your, gonna stick with it. Yeah. Your it's
1: six. sixth wedding anniversary. You're correct, by the way. Good job. Good okay, job. all right, all right. <laughs> have you forgotten any anniversaries yet in the six years? No. But awesome. I I but we don't have to talk about birthdays. I might have <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> so has Lee had to remind you of a birthday? Yeah, Leah, she we're not really
0: reminding. It was I didn't forget on the day. But they always catch me off guard. Like, we'll be like a week out, and my phone will alert me because I'm i smart enough to have smart it in my phone. man, yeah. And it'll alert me like, oh, Leah's birthday is in a couple of days. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I need to figure out some way to make that feel like I didn't forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who's winning the war right now or the battle or the challenge? Is it you or Leah? Who's out serving each other currently? <sighs> she always out serves,
0: yeah even when i'm on my a game she's out serving (laughs) i think and um she's just yeah she's so great and you know she recently just stepped away from her teaching position uh to tour with me full time awesome and so that's just been incredible um i'm hoping that she can bring her she she's much more organized and administratively minded So I'm hoping that that can come and carry in and maybe like clean up the mess of organization that I've left in the past three years
1: of touring. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's the, let's celebrate the small things then. What's the latest thing, maybe small, maybe big that you did that had a big impact on her?
0: Oh man. It's going to be real sad if there wasn't anything. Let me think. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I took her out, uh, she had recently just actually had that conversation with her administration, and I took her out to her favorite restaurant, uh, which is a Japanese place here in town. It's real original name. It's called Tokyo.
1: Tokyo, yeah. <laughs> in
0: Montgomery, Indiana. I'll have to look it up. Yeah and she wasn't expecting it and we were just driving one evening and i just pulled into the parking lot and it's just a little things like that you know she's like oh we're going to be here tonight cuz it's not my favorite place but it's her favorite place and yeah little things like that you know if i'm if i'm willing to eat something that's not my favorite that says a
1: lot sure myself, there you, you know? go all right we'll flip the coin there what's the most recent thing she's done to really make you feel special
0: uh gosh you know she um well, I would say the most recent thing was just like we went and swam at my dad's a couple of days ago, and I, I, I just didn't know what we were going to do on Saturday. And she was like, why don't we just go down there and just have like a day of nothing? And there's a lot of things I could have done here, like yeah. could have mowed the yard because of this. And she'd like kind of planned this day for us to go and and just relax at the pool. And uh, that was nice.
1: I bet. I bet. Do you all rotate? Who plans date nights and things?
0: Usually I'm the planner. Uh, she. It's kind of like those memes you see from like the uh, – the notebook where it's like, you know, what do you want for dinner? And she's like, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. That's usually me and her. If I'm like, you have to pick tonight. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I did hear this trick the other day. They say uh, to have your spouse guess where you're taking them and then take them to their first
1: guess how'd you get it? Crying. How did you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I'll have to try that. I was like, honey, Tokyo is the only restaurant in Montgomery, Indiana. So I had to yeah, <laughs> you know. um, another trick you could do too, is if you all have that disagreement over, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Hey, let's go here. No, let's not go there. Blah, blah, blah. Is each of you write down on a pieces of paper, five of your favorite places to go to fold them up, put them in a Mason jar, keep them in the glove box of your car. And then when you're getting oh. ready to go out, to eat, you can't decide where you want to eat. I don't know. What do you feel like? What do you feel like? You open up the jar, pull out one, and say on a scale of one to five, how do you feel about Tokyo? You know, I can, I'm can. a five today. Well, I'm about a one. Okay, let's try again. You know, and keep on going until you narrow it down that way. So That's smart. Good strategy. That's, good strategy. Yeah, that's
0: good. we we'll to do that.
1: All right, Michael, introduce us to the song Grave that we recently just started playing here on J103. Yeah,
0: Grave is one of those songs for me... Uh, that I knew that I would always regret if if we didn't send it out to the most people possible. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, about a year and a half old. Uh, we've written a lot of songs since then, and I'm, I just keep going back to the message of that song, and I want people to hear it because to me, it's it's the sense that God can use everything that we go through for our good, and I think that He displays that the most through the cross. And through the grave, something as horrible as Roman crucifixion is the symbol of hope that we now wear on our neck. You know, and I I think that sometimes we have to, you know, you walk through a year like 2020, you walk through uh, the darkness like we have been lately, and you think, well, this is just meaningless or hopeless or or one got past the goalie here, you know, with God, and that just doesn't happen. And <clears throat> I think like even in my own life, even the the hardship and and the times of wandering I've gone through. God has had purpose in that. And I think that, you know, if it wasn't for Christ going in the grave and then rising to, that, to the beauty of that, like we wouldn't have salvation. And so I think that, that that alone shows, it's kind of twofold. It shows us what Christ did for us and the cost it took to redeem us, but also the fact that because he can even use that process and he can use everything in our lives for beauty. And it's just really the beauty from ashes and the life from death, you know, that's what God does all the time. And uh, it's a, just a good reminder, I think, that of where we'd be if he didn't work that way.
1: Okay, Michael, you may have given this away before the song. How handy are you around the house? Not very
0: <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I, I'd like to think maybe the Lord has given me several gifts and handiness and tools <laughs> is not one of them.
1: Me and I hum-
0: I humbly accept that, you know. Uh God gives and he withholds, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I look at it as God has blessed certain people that can do plumbing, electrical, building, automotive, and all that stuff. He didn't bless me with that gift. And if I were to interfere and try to do those things, I'd be robbing them of the joy of using their gift.
0: That's right. You know, that's a great way to look at it. I did so we just built a house in Indiana. Wow. And uh I did one thing in the entire Process. I mean, we had professionals do everything else. And one part wasn't in, it was the tub tub shower faucet thing. And so that came in later and I was like, well, I don't need to call the plumber, I will do this. And that's all I did and I screwed it in. Well, fast forward about three to four weeks of living in this house and I'm in the basement and I look up and I see that the drywall tape is yellow and soggy and there's a clear leak in the floor. And uh, so I call the plumbers that come over and, I, and I, Leah is mad, obviously. And I'm mad. And I'm like, no, we're not going to pay for this. This is the plumber's fault. We'll figure it out. They'll, fi- they'll figure it out. So they bust a hole in the back closet. Then they bust a hole in the ceiling and then they call me while I'm at work and they say, Hey, uh, so who put the, uh, tub faucet? in?" <laughs> Apparently you can put those things in wrong. Uh, it's as simple as screwing it in, but you can do that wrong. And I found a way to do that wrong. And it had been backing up into the wall for three weeks yeah. And that's the only thing. And I told Leah, I was like, that's it. That's it. That confirms I'll never do another thing in this house.
1: So, oh, yeah. All right. So let me ask you my final question for you, Michael. What, how can I, how can we pray and minister to you and Leah Cochran right now?
0: Uh, you know, two things come to mind. Uh, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's a new season again. You know, in a lot of ways, I feel like, I did a a few years ago when we spoke, and it was, I was just starting to tour heavily. Um, Obviously, that's continuing, uh, hopefully, God willing. (laughs) And now Leah is out with me. So that's just a new venture, you know. Uh, She's left one position coming on to another. And so I guess just praying for that, that it's smooth and that, uh, you know, that God would uh, continue to give us those opportunities. Uh, The other thing I think would just be that we can, I just feel such a weight responsibility like of, of what we bring to people right now, especially in this season, because there's there's so much division over like everything. Yeah. And we just want to not contribute to that at all. We want to do the opposite uh, as Cochrane & Company. We want to, to speak unity and peace and hope. And so that would, I guess, just be my prayer is that God would give us more opportunities and that we would use them well and, and say what people need to hear even if they don't always want to hear it, you know, uh, and that God would honor it, I guess.
1: Awesome. Can I pray with you real quick, Michael? Yes, please. Hey, God, I thank you so much for my friend Michael and for his wife Leah. And, Lord, I just thank you the way you've called them, you set them aside. And now, God, you're giving them a chance to to minister together side by side on a more permanent basis. God, I pray that you would continue to bless them in this season, that they'd be able to figure everything out and to make everything work. And, God, we know that you provide everything. You're the great provider and protector. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just continue to protect their marriage and, and just provide for them, help them in this season that they're going that uh, the tours and things are starting to come in and the concert dates and all of that. Thank you for this new album and the songs and everything that you're giving, continuing to give him. God, I pray that you bless him as they continue leading your people in worship, be it in their home church or out on the road. Uh, And God, I do pray that you would help them to be a source of unity uh, for the body of Christ and for people that come and to worship and to to celebrate and get to experience Cochran and Company. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through them, him and his ministry, uh, for us us. And, and Lord, we just are honored and, and, uh, and humbled uh, that you would choose to allow us to be recipients of that blessing through him. We love you. And we thank you in your name. We pray. Amen. Michael from Cochran company. God bless you, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. God bless you, man.
0: Hope talk a PCM podcast.